And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Oh, Doc Manson. Not Doc Manson. I feel like I don't even know how to feel anymore. We're in week, what is it, four of quarantine. You're really the only person I talk to that I'm not married to outside of a couple of quick work things. It's like the world is just like the four of us, counting you and I and our spouses. That's it. I don't know that anyone else exists. Huh. I'm I'm sorry to hear that, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews question mark? Okay. I don't, it's weird. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I, I have moments where it's both. Like, it takes a while to kind of get my... It's taken a while to kind of get my equilibrium. I'm used to, you know, I would wander off to either go pick up, you know, a couple of groceries or to go run to the library or, you know... Once or twice a day, if I'm home, I'm do. I usually am out doing something. My big adventures these days are taking out the trash to the dumpster, and then I come back inside and have to wash my hands and change my clothes and all of that. Change your clothes? I, I suppose I don't change my clothes, but does Mrs. Matthews make you change your clothes? No. To be fair, she does not. It, when you when you bring the trash to the dumpster, if I and is this new since the quarantine, or is this something she's always had you do? If I like spill it on myself, then yes, I have to change. But do you ever get into the dumpster? There was one time that um, it was it was the holiday season, and Mrs. Matthews had ordered for her father uh, a like a a gift card. Or some like park pass or something like that, and it came in an envelope specifically not marked so that no one would be inclined to steal it. So I get the mail. I assume it's junk mail. I put it in the trash can. I then take the trash out, and so she had to stop me because she was very upset. Obviously, this was an expensive gift, and I wanted to crawl into the dumpster because I could see. I, I it had happened. Recently enough that I could still see our trash bags along the top of the dumpster. And I'm like, let me just crawl in. I'll walk across like you do and I'll get our bags. And she had the better idea of we got a broom handle and I kind of levered it out and we were able to save the the park pass. But I, you know, I I would have gone into the dumpster. I, I don't understand what the potential problems would have been for a 300-pound person to go <laughs> cavorting across a mountain of trash. What is the problem? It would have been just fine, DC. It would have been just fine. Your tongue is bright red. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, just as long as we're commenting on things, that tiny little Perrier can of yours... <laughs> It's ridiculous. They always show in like any you, yes any yes. Andre documentary. They show him holding a can, and it just looks like it's one of those Fisher Price kitchen things. That is how I feel because this is an eight point four five fluid ounce can of Perrier lime water. That is what I've been reduced to because I'm not going to the grocery store, so I'm just begging whoever is shopping for me to pick up any sort of lime flavored water they can, and this can yeah. If I if I arrange it just so, <laughs> you cannot. It's just completely you hidden. You cannot by your hand. see it. But 
it does it does take cause me to savor it. It's a ten pack. I still have a couple left because we're not getting washing well, up. We're getting another delivery tomorrow, so hopefully I will have some more lime water tomorrow. Uh, Very nice. The facial hair is looking good. There is a there is it's okay. there's a little like patch right in the middle that just isn't. It growing. looks better in person than it does on the camera. I, I noticed <laughs> that as well. It, it it looks like right at the cleft of my chin, like nothing grows and there's just a gap there. And yes, it is definitely less full there uh, than each side. But it again, I, I think it looks better in person than it does on this camera. Um, but that said. Yeah, it looks pretty bad. So I don't know how much longer. Oh come that's on! Gonna... No, come on! You've got to you've got to make it last until you know September at least. Stash may stay, but we'll see. I, for me personally, I would rather keep everything else and just lose the stash. I I don't think I would pull off that. I did it like I think one day. I sort of had a mustache when I accidentally shaved off this, and it just <laughs> did. It just doesn't work for me, but. Oh, you'd look fabulous with the walrus stash. I suppose that's true. If I could let it grow, like, super thick. Yes, you would look start good. Start to curl it. Um, uh-huh. What's been going on? What's what's How's quarantine life treating you? I know that, you know, you're you're kind of enjoying the fact that you don't have to go to work. Are the walls starting to close in, or are you still in your stride? I would have said I was in my stride if you had asked me yesterday. Okay. But today, I, I think I'm finally starting to feel it. That's that's apparently Doc Manson's limit. I've hit a month now, and I'm starting to my think my the ends of my fingers are starting to tingle. Like I think this might be affecting me, DC. I think this might be affecting me. Yeah, I I go back and forth. Today wasn't a bad day, but I had things to do around the house. But there was a day like you know a lot. Sometimes my job is just responding to email and. I think it was yesterday, there was just no email, and I was like, I, I'm just drifting. I am just drifting aimlessly. Do you have any idea how your students are doing? Do you hear from the parents? Are they able to complete the lessons, or are, do you think that's starting to fall off? I mean... It was, no. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff they have to do. Um, I talk to parents fairly regularly. I try to check in with the kids themselves. Tomorrow... We'll be having lunch together in a giant Zoom meeting. Um, so whoever can come just kind of sets in because – but I, they don't understand. You know, they're young enough, so they're like, well, we want to go back to school. Some of them. Some of them really enjoy this. <laughs> but some of them are like really like, all right, playtime's over. You know, we're going to have April vacation next week, and then we're going to go back. And I'm like, we're going to find out tomorrow probably – that we're just done. So see you in September, yeah. maybe, hopefully. Yeah, I'm not so sure. So. But it seems like parents are able to uh, get it done. Or I, do you think they're struggling? Or I think some of them um, are overwhelmed and don't care. And I can't say I blame them. Like, there are some families, it's like a mixed family. There's five kids in the house at any given time. You're not going to be able to get all the work done for five kids. It's just not going right. to happen, especially if you have a job yourself. Either you're an essential worker or you're working from home. It's just not going to happen, and I'm okay with that. I have to do some policing, which I'm not wild about, in terms of trying to encourage families to really get this stuff done. But at the same time, you know, it's every family's different, and 
for the most part, they're enjoying it. I think some kids are liking being able to kind of, there's some choice in terms of what program are you using? What skills are you practicing? They can actually choose what they want to work on. So I have a kid who's done already this week. It's Wednesday as we record this. She's done 300 minutes of a reading program. Good. So it works for some people. Some kids are losing their minds. But yeah, no, that's fair. And yeah, I mean, I still have some things that I'm trying to get done for just finishing out this semester at my job as well. But I'm starting to lose. I'm starting to lose focus on this. You know what I mean? Especially because we've had the conversations. It looks like we're going to be doing summer school. It looks like we're going to, you know, regardless of what the fall holds. Um, if we're doing summer school, it's online. That's basically what was being said. And again, to me, it's very different to try to make the best of a bad situation and do what we can to finish out the semester, particularly given that what I oversee are lab courses, practical, you know, uh, teaching facilities. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's quite another to to have these conversations with people about starting an entire another semester which is really what we're talking about with the summer program it's a it's a semester you basically do the whole curriculum so it's just another thing to me to see these people who are normally so principled and philosophical with their pedagogies and so on and so forth uh really come down to well if i don't do it they're not gonna pay me so i mean i get that but at the same time summer school is like an additional bonus for them it's not their regular salary so I don't know, just these people who, who over time I've come to know and feel were, again, these principled sort of people for it's all to break down and just realize, oh, no, wait, you're, you're just full of shit and you're doing it for the money. Okay, all right. I mean, I just wish you had told me that five years ago in, instead of me caring and trying to put together the best product possible. I wish I had known that uh, going into it. I I, I, I I I overspeak my case a little bit for entertainment no, purposes. But, but to be fair, I can also see like there's a part of me that understands where they are coming from, but at the same time, I also totally understand where you're coming from. In that, this is asking a lot of you. Like, if they're teaching, you know, I'm assuming that their summer courses are variations of what they already do. So Absolutely. If, if I'm teaching Bio 102, that class I got to see in, um, if I'm teaching Bio 102, it's probably pretty easy for me to teach that again in the summer because my lectures, my notes, my syllabus probably already there. For you, you have to now try to figure out how to do an entire semester's worth of lab work from home. And, and right away, like the answer is you can't. You can't. Uh, deliver the same learning objectives and outcomes that you do actually having people come to lab. It's just not possible. So what you're saying is the educational experience that we offer to the students during normal times is not worthwhile. That's what you're saying to me. You're saying that the quality of the education experience we normally give them doesn't matter because now this is acceptable. Yeah. And that's just a little disheartening. Can you offer these courses without the lab component? Cause it- Unfortunately not. I mean, I think that is a valid thing to pursue in the future. But at the college level, you're really talking about then, you know, these are like courses that are like ingrained in the gen ed 
like you know there's 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 committees there's senates there's things that would have to go through to approve any sort of change to these sorts of classes you know what i mean and so while i do think long term maybe that is a solution you can separate out lab and lecture and students who want to take the lab online i mean at least then you're giving the student a choice yeah in terms of if they're going to wait to take that lab in person or not um but again i that I don't think that can happen quick. Um, no. Well, and that's, you know, we're trying to figure out, okay, so we pretty much know that this, uh, we're not going back. And so now we're trying to figure out, okay, how do I teach essentially a third of the year from home? And we're just kind of trying to figure it out. This is something that if you were, if you were to plan ahead for this, you'd say, okay, we're going to do this in 2022. And we'll hopefully have it all figured out by then. And now it's like, we're going to try to figure it out over the next 10 days. And that was my argument. I said, well, at least give me to the fall. Let me try to actually put something together that's good and makes sense. Give me the time to focus on this. No, no, we're going to finish out the semester and jump right into summer, you know, in a month. So figure it out. Figure it out. And at some point, I suppose I could probably step back. I do a lot in my position because I... You know, I'm well qualified and sure. I certainly have the background and the education and so forth. But at the end of the day, I am not fa the faculty member for this course. Um, I think if I made a big enough stink about it, I could just back it up and say, hey, I'm not doing this. The curriculum is your responsibility. You figure it out. I probably could, but I don't think that bodes for my long term, bodes well for my long term job prospects in this position if I were to do that. But that's sort of how I feel about it. Yeah, you got to pick those battles when you're gonna you know dig your heels Absolutely. in and i feel like i i could make a principled stand here but that's just gonna result in me being unemployed so do you really need the money yeah you've already paid for that house right yeah right come back and ask me again in 27 years <laughs> uh home ownership it's it's great so good well i appreciate it's two o'clock in the afternoon while we're doing this um, so that at least is nice. I enjoy that aspect. I enjoy being able to have lunch with my wife and be able to take some time and do all of that. I enjoyed, uh, being able to sit back and watch WrestleMania without having to worry about any of that. Tell me, Doc, how much of WrestleMania 36, it was too big for one night. How much of it did you watch? I believe I consumed it all. And? It was pretty good. It was pretty darn good for being yeah. the weirdest WrestleMania I can I can remember. Let's just let's deal with the elephant in the room or the two elephants in the room. If you had to pick one of these, which did you enjoy more? The Boneyard match or the Firefly Funhouse match? Uh easily, easily the Firefly Funhouse match was my favorite of the two. I, th I think I tweeted this out. I'm sitting there watching it, and it's it's the point where he's John Cena comes out in the original like orange and blue trunks, and he's standing in front of the fist. And I'm like, I don't know that I have ever been happier as a wrestling yeah. fan. This is Bobby Heenan on a camel level entertainment right now, and it just kept going. <laughs> And it got weirder and weirder and better and better. Yeah. Um, At one point, I'm like, why are you in the NWO? Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, I guess, because you're Hogan, I guess, and everyone wanted you to turn heel like Hogan did when he joined the NWO. So maybe that was the 
But it didn't matter. It was just... It was that little Italian kiss of delight. It was so good. I don't know that they could get away with doing that sort of thing all the time. But given... Well, at the same time, I think the cinematic presentation of both that and the Boneyard match could work more often. But I don't know. Like Certainly, they made good use of what they had available to them. And having one on each night, I think, was a nice uh, special attraction, if you will. I was very impressed that the Boneyard match was the quote-unquote main event of that show. You know, I understand Braun Strowman versus Bill Goldberg was not going to close out that show. No. But they could have done Becky versus Shayna. They could have done... There were any number of things that could have fit there. It was perfect. Because that match was also really good. Little long, but really good. You want to talk about a little long, we can talk about a different match from night two of the show. Are you referring Um, to the 37-minute Edge versus Randy Orton fight? Yeah. It was half again too long for my liking um it was just it was kind of fun going all over everywhere and everything but the pacing of that type of match is very methodical i find and it just felt even longer than it actually was to me but again i recognize not the target audience was never an edgehead not a big fan of randy orton i think they did fine work but there it were, really could have been cut There down. were great moments to that. Um, I didn't pay attention to the whole hanging on the weights. People were talking about the, you know, you, re- yeah, you release the Benoit whatever. dark side of the ring, which granted wasn't WWE. That's not their product. Um, I didn't even, I, I watched that and I never, that never even came to my mind. I think yeah. somebody's At one point I'm looking at it there. going like, what sort of exercise equipment is that? That looks like a swing of some kind that you're tangling edge up in there, Randy. What sort of activities are you engaging in in, in this gym? The thing that I liked most about that match was at one point they're brawling down a hallway. And I was like, oh, hey, I recognize that hallway. That door at the end of the hallway, ostensibly, I guess, would be... Bill Goldberg's dressing room, because this is where he came out of last night, right across from the big E poster pointing. And and they're brawling. I'm like, I really hope that at some point we see what's in that door, behind that door. And sure enough, they go through that door, and it's a stairwell. <laughs> Bill Goldberg came out for his match, from a, you know, from a stairwell. Well, that that's why he where lost. He was. That's yeah. why he lost. Yeah. I'm not sure I buy the rumors that are going around right now that said he insisted on beating Bray because he wanted he didn't want his character to look bad. But then he w- insisted on losing to Braun because he didn't want to wrestle anymore. I don't know if I buy that. I don't know. I think that's okay. But but yes. No, it was great. Drew McIntyre got his moment. For many of these, yes. Would would a crowd full of 80,000 screaming fans have helped? Sure. Yes, of course. Sure. Of course. But you 100%. would have never had that level of, you would have never had a funhouse match. Not no. like that if there was a crowd. You know, you would have never had a, the edge brawl. Yes, it was too long, but you would have never had that going through the backstage area if it was. Uh, so, you know, they. Do you think that this is now how. Undertaker matches are done for the rest of his career? Don't you think it should be? I 
don't know. I, on the one hand, yes, but on the other hand, I feel like if it becomes a recurring trope, it's just the unsaid. Yeah, well, he can't actually go, so we're protecting him and trying to make as much money as we can. So at some point, it becomes. It feels I don't cheap. know that you get better than that. Like, yeah. you know, the Undertaker has always said whether or not money is a factor is a different conversation. But the Undertaker has always said he was willing, he wanted his last match to be really, really good. Maybe it was supposed to be Brock, but it wasn't as good as it should, could have been, so he kept going. Maybe it was going to be Roman, probably was going to be Roman, but for some reason he kept going. Um, that match was so different and so entertaining what are you coming back for? Especially now that there's a documentary on WWE Network about how he's trying to figure out when to be done. Yeah. You know, I didn't watch it, but it, I got the sense of it that he's like, look, I'd like to stop wrestling, but I keep having to do more to try to get the right match. Well, you literally buried AJ Styles with his hand coming through the dirt, which was that so was the, funny. the single greatest image probably from any WrestleMania ever <laughs> is that hand coming out of the dirt. I'm not convinced it is a hand. Um, that was my question. My question was, forget The Undertaker. How does AJ come back? Like, is AJ sure. And everyone was like, he signed a new contract. I'm like, of course he's going to come back. But he should just show up on Raw or SmackDown. No explanation. Just, here I am. Slightly like dirt in his hair. Oh, yeah. Just kind of shakes it out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, Braun Strowman's a new champion. Good for him. Didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, Drew McIntyre's champion. Now, going forward. I'm a little disappointed um, with the outcome of the women's matches. Not the tag match. The tag match was fine. That was good. Um, Becky winning, you mean? I think Becky Charlotte winning, winning really, really sort of sets back Shayna Baszler. Um, Shayna Baszler, I think, really could legitimately be something. And let's be honest here, at least I'll be honest. Um, yeah, Becky Lynch was the hottest WWE wrestler probably over the course of the entire last year. But it is starting to get a little stale. Give her something to do. She needs a little movement. And I think moving the belt would actually help. She was as hot as could be chasing those titles. Then she won them. And I looked at this and, you know, Jeremy disagreed and some other people had other opinions. But... You go from winning the main event of WrestleMania 35 to having a three-month feud with Lacey Evans. Yep. And then I think it went like from that to Natalia to Sasha to Asuka. At no point after she wins those titles is she doing anything nearly as relevant. At one point, she's teaming with Seth Rollins to wrestle Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Yeah. You stopped giving her interesting things to do. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily her fault. No. But at the same time, I think that they missed an opportunity here. And I don't know necessarily how Shayna Baszler recovers from that. She looked so dominant coming out of that Elimination Chamber match. Yep. Why wouldn't you capitalize on I, that? I would have. It would have made I would have too. It would have made sense. Uh, you know. Up and then. And then the other thing that I was just going to say about Charlotte is I like Charlotte. It was a good match, her and Rhea Ripley, and Rhea Ripley maybe has some visa issues right now. I think that's so whatever. I think that's the problem. If I had to guess, but at the same time, you, really, we we just had this crazy WrestleMania where some really cool, interesting things happened, but the women's division is just Becky and Charlotte still, and Bailey, who 
Bailey, who won that fatal five-way elimination match. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, that match was not great, if I recall. Who was in that match? It was her and Sasha. Tamina and was the Snuka? Last one? Excuse me. Tamina Snuka? Oh, my God. And Lacey just, Evans? Just stop putting And Naomi? Tamina. Yeah, that, that match wasn't that good. Naomi was one of the first ones out, wasn't she? Like uh, It went Naomi... It was either Tamina, Naomi, or Naomi, Tamina, and then Lacey, and no, then Sasha. I just love the the commentators, the announcers, trying to be like Tamina's the biggest threat in this match. I'm like, she is. Like, I'd like her to. She's never won anything ever. I don't care how large she is. She's never won anything ever. How is she a threat? Well, now Nia Jax is back. Great, but you know, and then Lacey Evans being the one who I understand Lacey Evans probably is somewhat popular. I have been watching the product, and you know, I, I do think that her. The, what's her finisher called? The the hand. The there, woman's the right. The woman's right. Yeah, it's a it's a impactful looking move. Sure. But I I don't know if I had any sort of tension that I was feeling watching. The tension in that match was Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. Well, and, and then having Sasha go out, it, it's just like okay, like I get it, but at the same time, now you just sucked all the air out of this match. Yeah. And. I've said this probably on this podcast and I've tweeted it. At some point, we have to move beyond the four horsewomen. At some point, we have to build other people. Like right now, three of the four horsewomen are champions. And the fourth one is obviously going to be challenging for one of those titles in the near future. Probably. Yeah. And again, I'm fine with them trying to build up other people. I think Lacey Evans is actually okay but going into that match, I was watching, you know, the package and like you know, the the backstage interviews. The emphasis was clearly on yeah. what is going to happen with Sasha. Yeah, and I understand they saved it for the second to last elimination, and they did do something clever there where it puts her at odds, seemingly with Bailey. I get it; they're moving a story along. But Lacey Evans, at least according to the only stuff I saw, which was what they showed during that show was a non-factor to me. So mm-hmm. they needed to do a better job, to your point, of building her up. Yeah. Other, that, otherwise, it doesn't... I, I don't care. That would have been the moment. You want to, you know... Because I, I remember at one point thinking Lacey should have beat Becky. You, Becky just won the title. She's very popular. Fine. But it's been a year. Like, at some point, you've got to put the belt on somebody else. You know, yes, you have Asuka there. Maybe it should have been Shayna. Maybe it could have been Rhea Ripley if the visa issues weren't a factor, and I have to imagine that was part of it. And yeah, Charlotte going to NXT, if she's actually going to be part of NXT for a while, is pretty cool. We've never had a big name like that go back and be like, this is my brand. Excuse me, sir? Tyler Breeze? Excuse me? My apologies. My apologies to Tyler Breeze and Tyson Kidd and Titus O'Neil and all the other T names that. <laughs> yeah, right. But it was good. It was a good show. I enjoyed it. I'm glad other people enjoyed it. You know, I ex- there were some people who were, you know, not about the Funhouse match or not about the Boneyard match. But I thought it was weird the way that the people in in the ring, and I'm sure they've been doing this right along. Again, I haven't been watching the weekly television. I'm sure they've been doing it. But watching the wrestlers play to a crowd that isn't there is the only thing that stuck out as weird to me. And I get it. In theory, they're conveying their emotions to the audience. And me watching at home, I am the audience. 
So, like, I get it, but at the same time, I don't think it transfers without the live crowd. I just... I think if I was if I was a producer, if I was giving notes, I would probably say, mm, hold off on some of that. I was in that opening women's title match. I was just like waiting. They were like building up a hot tag to Nikki Cross. And I was like, I'm not sure the typical hot tag thing plays without a crowd. You know what I mean? It worked. It, like, mm, I don't know what you were going to do. Yeah. I don't know what you're, you're right. going to do. There was an I mean, episode. I would say just, yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're right. I don't really have a suggestion either, but yeah. Well, and there was an episode of SmackDown where during the commercial, the people stopped wrestling. And so they I come back to, from commercial and they're all standing in the, like on the floor and they like all had to hurry back into the ring. And I'm like, you have to act as if there is an audience. It It seems a little weird, but I loved and I saw I noticed this for the first time in that women's tag match. All of a sudden, what they're saying and how they're emoting and Asuka and Kairi Zane screaming in Japanese is now a part of it. It gets drowned out by the commentary team or the audience, but now it's like everything they say has importance. Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan jawing with each other and then Gulak in there and all of that. That was a part of the show. Was... I think I noticed it most in Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, and that was where I started to appreciate yeah. the jawing at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also thought it was really strange. Um, Well, not strange so much as unfortunate. You can tell that before WrestleMania became what it was, that Aleister Black was going to have a really cool entrance. Yeah, it was. And I will say that entrance, not... Not so cool. Well, they had, you know, they had all the, the different outfits. Becky at one point shows up in the, like, the Mack truck. Like, obviously, there was going to be some very cool things. And, you know, they kept it probably because, will SummerSlam happen? Will you be able to perform for a big crowd in August? I don't know. You know, they advertised money in the bank at one point, And I went, that's a little presumptuous. They did advertise it, but you noticed they did not say anything about it being live. They didn't uh, say anything about I didn't where that. it was from. Yeah. The one thing that stuck me in, the match was good, don't get me wrong. Why put a ladder match in a with no crowd? That was like the one match that I... And it's, re- it's weird, right? Because they're all really great wrestlers. Sure. But my brain turned off in that match. Yeah. And I, that was like, I would say that's like the one part of the two nights where I picked up my iPad and I was like yeah. reading well, something and, else. And it went 20 minutes. You know, it went 18 yeah. and change. And it's like, look, you did a great job. You had some great spots. But a ladder match is all about the crowd. You have no need to do a ladder match with no crowd, which is how I feel about Money in the Bank. Don't do it in June. Switch some things around. Throw another random pay-per-view. Give it a random name. Take advantage of the fact that you're in this, you know, arena. But just call it, you know, WWE presents quarantine. Like, yes, whatever. You had you had one called Great Balls of Fire. Right. Right. Yes. WWE presents, you know, maybe TNA wouldn't like this, but lockdown. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's just, I, think, I think Impact would have something to say about yeah, that. A money in the bank <laughs> match is not going to work. You need the crowd to be going, you know, in But what out. about... Three Money in the Bank matches. Oh, my God. 
No. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, it would be three if there was only the men's wrestlers, but there's going to be six Money in the Bank <sighs> matches because the women of each promotion also need their own. So now six. Now, if you want to do that, you have six belts hanging <laughs> in various parts of the performance center. Oh, man, I want Truth to be the new NXT Women's Champion. Oh, the, yes. There are ladders everywhere. <laughs> like, they spend $300,000 on ladders, and it's one match. It's- no, 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 it's not even just ladders. It's a whole scavenger hunt. Like, you know that scaffolding that Edge hung on, dropped yes. the elbow on it? Like, it's just going to be one tucked up there yes. in that conference room. Here is an empty performance center. We are going to release the entire roster at one time. Yes, yes, there'll be chains on the doors at the start of the show. Yeah. They're going to take, they're going to open it up. <laughs> it, it's like Feaster Fired where you opened the case and that gave you, that told you what your yes, fate was. Yes, yes, You're yes. going to open the case and that tells you what belt. And now all the belts are on the line. It's like deal yes. or no deal. <laughs> you've oh, got I love Sammy this Z- idea. You've got Sami Zayn and you've Somebody got Somebody like, get Stanford on the line. <laughs> they need to hear this. You've got, you've got Sami Zayn and like Liv Morgan and they each are holding cases and they're like, should we trade? This one feels a little lighter. This feels like it might be a women's belt. I don't know. Let's let's, <laughs> let's trade. And Liv Morgan opens it up. And she's like, oh, I'm the cruiserweight champion. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, All I, right. Hey, I, I loved that match, by the way. Uh, I Otis watching all the stuff leading up to that Otis match, all the vignettes, all yes. that stuff. Oh, my God. It was not as good as Randy getting Liz back or Liz getting Randy back at WrestleMania 7. But it was up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, Otis is, he is. Oh, yeah. He's just so entertaining. He yeah. really is. Well, and that's it. That was, that's why I like not watching the weekly stuff, because then you can watch the preview packages and you actually Sound know. good, Mandy. Winky face heart emoji. <laughs> you could tell, he, he went. So good. He went all in on that kiss, too. Like, she went for, like, yeah. a nice little gentle thing. He was like, Nope. <laughs> We're doing this, Mandy. If, if if this is happening, it is happening. Yeah, no, it was real good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, it was a good show. It was a good show all over. Uh, it seems like they're going to just continue. They've they've essentially bought out a hotel. They'll be bringing wrestlers in in waves to tape various segments and moments and things. So they're going to keep going. I suppose I can't be surprised. I you know they they couldn't have taken a break. It just wouldn't have worked. No, the, the networks would have wanted some sort of new content, and the whole thing. Not only would they want new content, but the whole thing with the value of their contracts is that it's live content, yeah. or at least fresh content. You know, yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, rocking a hard place. So, but it was good. I enjoyed it, and uh, unless you have anything else to go to, I, I hope I, we will enjoy our emails. Well, one question first. Yes. Actually, I think I might have heard, but I don't. I read like a headline. I don't know if it's true. I don't know anything about it, really. And you probably don't know either, but I'm going to ask anyways. Is AEW shutting down, or are they going to continue filming? I believe they're going to continue filming. The problem is they don't have a performance center. Right. So they're going to have to find arenas that are willing to let them just show up. You know? Yeah, I don't know what is happening... I'm just trying to like scroll yeah. through. That's okay if you don't know, because I just it's just an interesting question, and I am sort of curious 
um, what they are doing. Because, yes, that was the thing to me that was obvious was there is no performance center for them. I suppose, you know, I mean, Impact used to film at Universal Studios. I don't know if there's still space there where maybe they could use. And I mean, obviously, TNT has a lot of resources. Maybe they can just buy a steel warehouse somewhere mm -hmm. and put them up. I mean, I, I don't know, but... I was just sort of curious. They don't have the same sort of machine around them. So yeah. I, I just wasn't sure what they I, were doing. I'm looking at a headline. It's a YouTube video, so I'm not watching it. But it's from five days ago. Police attempt to shut down AEW Dynamite taping. Interesting. So I don't know whether or not there's any rumors to that or not. It says I heard here, they had like three weeks of television taped, but that was all they had. So if, And then after that, who knows? Yeah. This headline says AEW television tapings shut down for a while. So, you know, maybe they taped enough stuff to get them through if they do some, you know, backstage. And again, I keep saying there's an opportunity for wrestlers to do some kind of at-home stuff and do some different sort of things, which would still be new content, but it doesn't have to be necessarily in a wrestling ring. Maybe they go that way. You know, they could have Brody Lee continuing to act like Vince McMahon for six weeks. <sighs> Is that what they're doing? Oh, yeah. He's like running dark order meetings and yelling at people for sneezing and yawning and doing all of this because that's apparently some stuff that Vince doesn't like. I've heard of that joke before, but I had no idea that's what they had Brody Lee doing. That's, yes. that's unfortunate. Yes. The exalted one of the dark order is running things like a board meeting. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's supposed to be a nod towards uh, Vince McMahon being the higher power you know, back when they did that angle. And they, I don't know. But it's it's not what I would have hoped for Luke Harper, but he's getting featured, so I'll, I'll, take, I'll take what I can get. Alright, podcast at ddtwrestling.com is where you can get uh, your emails read. We've got five of them today. The first one is from Mitchell Monroe, Wrestlers in Sitcoms. So, I'm currently watching The Big Show Show. If you're not aware, which I'm sure you are, it stars The Big Show in a cliche family sitcom with all the tropes you'd expect. It got me to thinking, if you could put any current day wrestler from the AEWs to or WWE rosters and put them in a show of that ilk, who would you pick and why? I would love to see Kevin Owens in that role. His wit would be incredible at improving lines, and we already know him as a huge family man, so I wouldn't see it being beyond him once he was ready to retire. Thoughts? Well, the whole thing about a sitcom is that it's not improv. True. Like, you know... I mean, sometimes there's a bit of improv. I yeah. Know, the office flares here and there. But. Sure. Um, you know, from Al reports, the Big Show show is right out of, like, the TGIF lineup. I was going to say, honestly, though, um, I think the Big Show is probably the right choice. Oh, yeah. At least for right now. Sure. He's a funny dude. Yeah. You know, The Miz would come to mind, but I don't know that that's going to work because of just the character. You know. Like, if they were make, remaking Full House, you know what I mean? I think Big Show would be Danny Tanner. I think the Miz could be Uncle Jesse. Sure. Um, I'm not sure who Uncle Joey would be. It would have to be somebody who's not afraid to just be completely crazy and wacky. Um, so, Otis. Yeah, maybe Otis. I could see that. <laughs> I could see uh, Otis's Uncle Joey. Um, Cut God. out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I haven't I watched have, that show yet, no. but I, I thought it looked saccharine, which, you know, is what those sitcoms were. So The other name that comes to mind, and it would be a very different kind of show, is Paul Heyman. <laughs> I'm not sure if it would be a sitcom, but I could see Paul Heyman, you know, doing some sort of television character. I'd like to see him do some sort of, like, Goodfellas or, you know... Yeah, it needs to be some sort of role where he's playing. He's essentially just Joe Pesci. Is really yeah, what yeah, is. yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one comes from Brandon Banks. It has no subject. Headed into work this gloomy Wednesday morning, and a thought entered my head, looking for some sort of positive in all of this. I was wondering how much Earth is healing at this point. With less traffic of all sorts, I wonder how much of an effect it is having on the planet. Thoughts. Other question, when society reopens fully, what is the one thing you look forward to doing? Keep up the work sent from my iPhone. Uh, it, we've seen reports that it's healing. The The water in Venice is clear for the first time. People can see the Himalayas from much further away uh, than they used to. You yeah, know. Much less air pollution with the uh, severe pullback and driving that's been going on. Yeah. Uh, the next thing that's supposedly happening, I saw this was part of our state's... Um, guidance for this i think yesterday or maybe two days ago it's up to the companies obviously to make good on this but they're suggesting that we should be getting back premiums from our car insurance because nobody's driving yeah it's a great point and a few companies apparently have said they're going to refund not mine of course um but some others have already so we'll see how that goes have you been to the grocery store like it you know is the grocery store two weeks ago okay because people were saying, somebody said to me earlier today that they had taped, like, arrows. Like, all the aisles were one way. I've seen pictures of that, yeah. And, you know. Yeah, there's all, but people are just ignoring the one-way signs, apparently. And there's supposed to be X's on the ground, so you can tell what's six feet away from you all over the place. They're putting up plexiglass shield by the cashiers, so you don't have to breathe directly on each other. Yeah. All well and good, I suppose, but, you know. I'm like, somebody's writing, somebody's got to be writing, you know, some sort of realistic fantasy about how you know there's a world that exists where you never actually physically come into contact with another person sure uh as for when society reopens fully what is one thing i look forward to doing um i'm gonna go out and lick every doorknob i see once it's safe to do it again (laughs) i just can't wait to get my mouth on those polished knobs Uh, i look forward to going out to dinner yeah, realistically, that's probably it. Sitting down, uh, maybe going to the movies, having dinner, yeah. a night out with some friends, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, we're even, you know, we're, we did take out over the weekend, but even that's a little, you know, do you really want to go out and deal with, you know, people? Yeah. Or are you okay reheating that, you know, leftover rice and beans you made yesterday? And We got delivery over the weekend. I had some pizzas delivered. That was fine. Yeah. Did you wipe, did you wash down the boxes before opening them? No, fuck that. Uh, the bestest of the besties, Glenn, by the way, hope you've checked out part two of Question Marks with Armbar Abbott. Uh, Armbar Abbott, a, uh, an essential part of Progress's first show. Really? Find out more on the DDT podcast feed. The silence of the wrestling the mania. Hi, guys. He told me this. This is a long one. He told me this was a long one. Let me... Rearrange some stuff here. Hi, guys. By the time you read this, I'm sure you've already discussed this year's WrestleMania. But here's my take. 
Controversially, I thought night one was actually better than night two. I 100% agree, actually. O- overall, I-, I do like the Firefly match better than the Boneyard match, but the Boneyard match was still good. Yeah. And overall, I think I preferred the first night. I agree. Uh, really enjoyed Nikki and Alexa versus the Kabuki Warriors with the title change. I now hope they make Asuka back into the unstoppable force she was when she first moved from NXT. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, no, it's not. Elias versus King Corbin was what it was, a decent match between two solid performers. You did not mention King Corbin playing the harmonica. I don't even remember that match happening. It did. It was quick. I remember like them showing Elias falling off of a thing, but I think that was from SmackDown. Do you remember when the big show knocked Kurt yes. Angle off of a yes. thing? Yes. And there was a pool of what was supposed to be ketchup. blood behind his head, and it looked like ketchup or grape juice. Ah, I thought and of his that knee every was time. like bent at a weird yes. angle. Ah, that was a great time. I uh, honestly don't remember that match happening, though. I remember the video package, but I couldn't tell you anything about the match. I wandered off. Two one. Hello, Elias. I really don't remember. I don't think it matters, but okay. Uh, Becky versus Shayna was the big disappointment It wasn't a bad match, but for two such good wrestlers I felt they could have gone a bit further After all, Shayna had bitten Becky And if that's not an excuse for pure hatred I don't know what is That was such a weird thing Uh, Zayn versus Brian Sammy really benefited from no crowd Because it really allowed him to trash talk And play the complete heel he's become This was the sort of match you'd expect From two consummate professionals With the perfect supporting cast I agree, it was great Yeah Uh, The latter match, these three couldn't have done more to put over a specialist match that relies a lot on crowd reaction, and the ending was surprising, but really well done, making sure all three looked strong till the end. KO versus Seth Rollins, another match that I really enjoyed because of lack of crowd noise. The no-DQ rule was right for these two, and they made the most of it, plus hearing all the banter between them made the match. That that jump off of the... What it was, the sign? The mania sign? Yeah, that was pretty good. That kind of got buried under everything else that happened that was so good. Uh, Goldberg versus Strowman was what it was. I called this one last week in the DDT Bestie chat because there was no way Goldberg was going to get Braun up for the jackhammer, and Braun is perfect to hold the title till they put it back on Roman. Finally, the match I was looking forward to with excitement and trepidation in equal measures, but there was no need for concern. From the moment that motorbike roared down the road, I just knew we were going to see something special, and they didn't disappoint. As it turned out, it was a buried alive match, but with all the bells and whistles. We had Taker trash-talking Styles from the beginning, then Styles calling in the OC, and when that didn't work, Druids as well. And overcome by the odds, Taker ends up in the grave, but instead of being buried, we get Wrestle Spooky! As you can guess by now, I was marking out during most of this, and I thought this would be the highlight of the weekend, but you'll have to wait till next week's email to find out as I cover my opinion on night two. Thanks for now, Glenn. Glenn has clearly let question marks go to his head. Clearly. (laughs) He really enjoyed this weekend of wrestling. And I got to say, actually, while earlier in the show I said the Firefly Funhouse match was my favorite of the two, cinematic style matches and it was because i think it was willing to go to those ridiculous places um yes the boneyard match i just want to say was very good also i Um, love the fact that there was like a little bit at the end where it was like you put up a hell of a fight boy and i was like oh they're going to be some like mutual respect between the two of them then he boots him into the grave (laughs) oh that was good it was so it was good um 
But yes, we we eagerly await next week's show where Glenn may have just called in and it's just gonna be then now we're now a three host show from now on. Uh Che comes in with the most wrestle silly of manias. Hi guys, I feel like this might get mentioned a few times on this week's pod. But where does the Boneyard match and the Cena v. Wyatt segment match rank for you guys amongst wrestling's all-time Wrestle Spookies or Wrestle Silly moments? I guess we'll stop there for a second. Um, honestly, the Cena-Wyatt thing is close to the pinnacle of that, I think. Whoever, now granted, whether or not you can argue, you know, Cena is no longer the greatest currently. But I can't imagine Hulk Hogan doing something like that. He did I mean, go to. He went to the Dungeon of Doom. He touched the thing that wasn't hot. Right. But, but like John Cena had such. I will say I think because of how fresh it was, I have a great deal of healthy respect for the final deletion and all the stuff that Broken Matt Hardy was doing with That's these cinematic true. style matches in the very, modern very era. But Brother Nero, they never had the production behind them. Yes, that the WWE was able to bring to both of these matches, and that is where I think Cena and Wyatt propels itself to be the pinnacle of this type of match thus far. I will say they owe it one hundred percent to Matt Hardy. Like, oh yeah, you you could see this to me seemed like all right, Bray, we're gonna let you do your thing. Like, I think this, and clearly Bray Wyatt at some point had talked to his former tag team champion partner, Matt Hardy, about this. Because, yeah, that was, that had, that had version one brother, what was his name? Broken Matt Hardy's fingerprints all over it. So. It was beautiful. It was great. Um, I would say, you know, wrestle, in terms of wrestle silly moments, there are some moments that are just amazing. You know, oh Austin, sure, Austin and Booker T brawling through a grocery store. I think that's the, part of the problem, though, is like comparing those moments to this. It's a very different thing, yeah. isn't it? This is a wrestle silly match, if you could call it that, considering there was no referee. <laughs> sure, um, well, sure. I will Bray Wyatt. Uh, he counted to three, so yeah. But that part was, you know, in terms of a wrestle silly match, start to finish. This is my favorite, though. Again, that final deletion match was also very good. It was. Um, a second question to DC. Along with any of the double oh wait, along any of the WWE network quests you've embarked on, have there been any wrestlers you've seen and thought they deserved to be much higher or much lower on the much loved and missed the list? Well, Che, that would presume that I remember where wrestlers are on the list and our memories are crap. So <laughs> I'd have to go back and look. Uh Tracy Smothers is a name, and I I don't even know if he made it on the list, but I'm watching him as Freddie Joe Floyd right now in '96 WWF. He's pretty good, um, but yeah. Lastly, while on the subject, is there any chance of a special lockdown episode of the list? Much love from across the pond, Jay. Who you knows? Don't have, you don't have to threaten me with a good time. Stranger uh, things have happened, Jay. Stranger things have happened. Our final email comes from Sean. I believe this is Cookie Boy. We don't hear from him often. Uh, yeah, this is totally Cookie Boy, B-0-I. Who are your best one-off tag team champions under the WWF slash E banner 
that was put together who should have had a longer run and more tag title wins. I have two in mind that I picked. Number one, the power trip. That would be Triple H in Austin. And number two, Shawn Michaels in Austin beating Owen in the Bulldog in 97. Thanks for the spoilers. I literally, ten minutes before we started recording, watched Owen and the Bulldog win those titles. Now it's ruined. Um, Twitter, Cookie Boy, Sean. Uh, can you name any one-off tag team champions? Um... Uh, who, um, uh, um, uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know that they ever actually wrestled as a tag team, but Heidenreich and Snitsky should have won 10. Oh, yeah. 10 tag team titles. Easily. Easily. Uh, the first name that's coming to mind is Charlie Haas and Rico. <laughs> <laughs> they were good that's, together. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I'm sure there's plenty, but... That's that's what comes to my mind. Uh, thank you for the emails, Doc Manson. Yes. As we're locked down and quarantined, what is your piece of positivity? I'm going to go ahead with a movie that I watched this last week. Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Really? Really, really. It was See, fun. It's, I, it's now available to stream on Amazon Prime Video. I need to watch. I've watched Dogma. I've watched Clerks. I've never seen Mallrats. I've never seen Chasing Amy. Oh, Chasing Amy's real good. So like, that's his those... best movie. Yeah. It's <laughs> one of those things that I'm like, I never saw Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, so, I love that movie. So it's one of those, like, I've got to maybe again with this quarantine time, maybe I've got to track down some I'm of these. I'm not sure. I mean, because you grew up in the era, maybe you would like those movies. And I know you have at least a passing liking of Kevin Smith. I like Kevin Smith. With the podcast. But I will say, I'm not sure that... If you didn't watch those movies then, that you would find a lot to like about them now. But again, being part of the generation, I think there's a chance. Yeah. But um, I will appreciate them all. I've been to the mall plenty of times. Sure, sure. But, and, and we'll see. Again, I'm not going to, I don't know that I'd pay money for them, but I'll see what I can find. But that's good. You enjoyed Reboot? Yeah, the reboot was pretty good. I'm, so you can see it's very much in the same vein as Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which was this big, comical, over the top. Uh, road trip style movie you know lots big budget lots of cameos things like that and this is clearly in that same vein but obviously with much less of a budget Mm -hmm. there are still cameos but uh you know the production is obviously a lot um more independent looking in ways but i mean overall i enjoyed it quite a bit i enjoyed going back to that world um bring on mall rats 2 and or clerks 3 Please. Yeah. Clerks uh, 2, by the way, might be my favorite of those films. Clerks 2, real good. <laughs> we got an email while you were talking from our good yeah. friend Bosk. Hello, DC and Doc. One of you must pick a black card from photo provided. Okay. The other can pick an answer. From, we're going to play Cards Against Humanity right here. All right. Um, the other can pick an answer from the white cards. Will you please share your answer with the besties? Format may be a little wonky. Sorry. Mania was very good under these conditions. Very enjoyable. Anywho, best to you and yours, Bosk, sent from my iPhone. I will pick the black card. I will pick the black card. All right. (laughs) Hmm. All right. Um. Who blasphemes and bubbles at the center of all infinity? 
whose name no lips dare speak aloud, and who gnaws hungrily in inconceivable, unlighted chambers beyond time. I would assume the actual answer is Cthulhu, but... All right, who blasphemes and bubbles center of all infinity? Let's see. Should I read all my options or just... Oh, no, I don't think you should read all the options. All right, let's see. I mean, you should read them, not out loud. But, yeah. You know, you should read them, yes, before you choose one. Well, and the thing is, you got to go with a, a noun, I suppose. You do? So punching a congressman in the face isn't going to work. I mean, would. <laughs> I... Uh, I will go with uh, a mulatto, an albino, a mosquito, and my libido. That's pretty terrifying. That is what bubbles, or blasphemes and bubbles at the center of all infinity, whose name no lips dare speak aloud, and who gnaws hungrily in inconceivable unlighted chambers beyond time. Runner-up answer, Emma Watson. The one that made me laugh was Rush Limbaugh's soft, shitty body. Also a strong contender. I'd like to find Emma Watson in the center. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, that would be an interesting thing. Bosk, if you want to make that a thing, we'll do a weekly Bosk Cards Against Humanity <laughs> sort of <laughs> thing. Uh, my piece of positivity, I won't say WrestleMania because clearly... That was good, though. It was, but I feel like that would be a cop-out. Oh, they, so you chose a Kevin Smith movie, too. Which one was that? Cop Out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The Bruce Willis one. Should I see Jersey Girl? Like, should no. I also... <laughs> uh-uh. Um, nope. Um, now I'm just looking around. What have I been doing? Reading? Uh, it has been nice enough out that I've been able to go for walks. You know, we have this nice little trail along our apartment complex. They've been actually doing some work on it to kind of make it a little better for walking. So uh, I play the social distancing walking game, which is I walk, and if I see someone coming, I either take a different path or, in some cases, just start walking across the grass in as different a direction as possible. There was one point I was walking on the sidewalk literally a foot from people's windows because that sidewalk didn't have anybody. So I'm just literally walking by people's apart. Like I could look in and see like their dining room tables and such. And I was like, Oh, this is nice. So that's, that's my game is how to avoid people at all costs. And I'd like to point out, I'd play that game quarantine or not. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, do you have a mask? I do have a mask now. We have, we have bought some masks. I don't really have a mask, although I, I, in the garage, I think I do have some N95 masks from um, when I was doing some insulation work in the attic. I think I've got at least two of them left, so I guess technically we have some. Yeah, no, we, but... we ordered some actual masks. Apparently, you're supposed to put a coffee filter in the middle for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's going to work real well. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us on episode, whatever episode this is, 217, 218, we're somewhere in yeah, that. Yeah, 17, I think. It feels like we're a long way from 300. I'm like, we need another milestone. Yeah, well, there's always 250. I don't know. I was like, 222, all three numbers the same. That's a pretty big deal. Let's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Uh, hope you're staying safe. Hope you're staying healthy. Hope you're staying sane in all of this craziness. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Anything else you'd like to say before we head out into what has become a beautiful afternoon? Send us your emails, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Listen to our back catalog at ddtpod.com or 
your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to the show. It helps keep the lights on and the podcast train a-chugging. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie?